This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Gets the snap, hands off to Jacob, stutters to the right, burst through the hole, 20, 25, 30. He's off to the races here in Seattle. Nobody's going to catch him. 25, 20, 10. Ball game. Bye-bye, Josh. 86 yards in overtime to walk it off for a second straight week. Touchdown, Raiders. Victory, Las Vegas. I have nothing to say. Oh, it's just an ISO lead. It's a beautiful run. You called it right up the middle. Oh, my goodness. Let's go home. (laughs) Boom. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Lincoln Kennedy pulled a Q right there. I have nothing to say except for I got everything to say. (laughs) Lincoln's like, I have nothing. Wait, hold on. This, that, and the other. Let me break it down like that. That's exactly what I do. I ain't got nothing else. And then I go on a big old five, six, seven-minute rant. But uh, great call right there. Josh Jacobs to the house. The man had 303 yards from scrimmage on Sunday. The Raiders win 40-34 to in overtime. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night. Join us on the phone lines right now as a longtime NFL defensive back, a guy that's been there, done that many a times, part of the all-Madden team, a guy knows what winning football looks like, what a winning locker room looks like. That's our guy, Mark McMillan, and Grillin McMillan, I like to call him, as he is a fantastic cook, chef, whatever you want to call it. We'll get into everything he's doing on that side of things in a little bit, but I know, Mark, when it comes to you, it's always roll tide. What have you seen from your Bama brother, Josh Jacobs, this season? Oh, man, he's, uh, he's been the professional. Um, you know, it started all in training camp uh, when he shut down uh, all his social media, changed his diet, uh, took things seriously. Uh, you know, so he's been a, the ultimate professional. Um, even in his interviews, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's candid, uh, you know, and what his play is, is doing on the field is at an MVP level. Um, you know, he's one of the top running backs in the, in the National Football League, and the numbers that he's putting up, uh, the drive and the passion that you see on the sidelines, getting guys motivated, uh, those things are, are you know, don't, doesn't go in the stat book. But in that locker room, man, I, I, I guarantee you those guys are, are falling behind Josh Jacobs as well as Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. Those are the guys uh, that's leading this team right now uh, emotionally uh, as well as on the football field. I'm so glad you brought up the locker room because that's exactly where I was going. I mean, this is a guy that got his fifth-year option declined. He didn't pout. He didn't take his ball and go home. He didn't say, trade me. He didn't do any of that. All he did, like you said, is dedicate himself to being the best version of himself, and he's done that. What does that do for the players in the locker room, knowing he doesn't have a C on his chest, but he's acting like a guy with a C on his chest? Oh, man, it, it's inspiring for those guys. I'm sure they're like – there's, there's what, 52, 53, maybe 60 guys in that locker room. I guarantee there's not one guy in that locker room is like, man, I don't think Josh is worth the money. I guarantee you from top to bottom, uh, you know, the GMs have to see what they're seeing on, on tape uh, and live and be like, man, how can we not pull the trigger right. on this young man? We know it's a business, but if you're trying to win, if you're trying to change the culture, this is the kind of young man that you build your foundation and your franchise around. You know, you take him, you take Max Crosby, you take Devontae Adams. You can win with guys like this and build around these guys and make them better guys. So, you know, I would kill for Josh Jacobs to be in the locker room that I was in, knowing that this guy, uh, you know, got slighted. You know, they didn't want to pick up his option. Like you said, he didn't take his ball and go home or throw it over the fence. He just strapped it up, man, and all he's doing is just making plays and breaking records. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, breaking records is fantastic. And everyone's going to remember this performance against the Seahawks just because it was record-breaking. But, I mean, he's been doing it all season and, and just been the pro's pro. You know, look, every year he doesn't have to be the bell cow. He doesn't have to be the guy that carries the ball all the time and then, you know, Derek Carr be the second-leading rusher. But, again, like you said, you could win with a guy like this. I mean, how important is it to have a foundational player like that? in your locker room, regardless of how you plan on using them moving forward, but just to have those kind of quality players? Um, you look at all the teams that's won at a high level. Um, you have that one guy, uh, you know, when you have the running back, obviously everybody puts a lot of focus on the quarterback. When you have a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield as well as run the ball, pick up on blitz concepts, uh, you know, he's a complete back. And, you know, you, you, take, you go back to Alabama. You know, he had to share a lot of the duty. So it was mm-hmm. never – any selfishness coming from these guys. You take from Derrick Henry to Mark Ingram, uh, you know, the list goes on, the running back that this young man had to play behind, Robinson, who's at with the commanders. So he's not going to be the guy that's going to be out there and be the rah-rah guy and pout about not getting the ball. But I guarantee you, man, if I'm driving the Briggs truck, I got Josh Jacobs' names <laughs> on the side of that, and I'm, I'm, I, if I got to drive the truck myself, I'm backing it up to the complex. <laughs> right? You know, and it's so funny. I mean, I texted you immediately after the game uh, yesterday. As soon as uh, Josh walked it off or ran it off, actually, uh, and led the team to victory. And I said, hey, sign him right now, if not on the plane ride home. I mean, Mark, there's – I mean, in reality, they could give him an offer and get the ball rolling immediately. They can get the ball rolling, like, right now. I guarantee Derek Carr will restructure his deal. Um, I, I, I think Max Crosby, the way he plays the game, and, and it's not about money for that young man – he will make sure that Josh Jacobs gets the money that he deserves. There's guys on that team that will restructure their deals uh, to get this done. And if you get that done, that's just sending a message to these guys like, hey, these are the guys that they're taking care of. They're looking out for guys that they're all, their own guys. And, and this, you know, that's the kind of culture that you want. Like, hey, we're going to take care of our players. We're going to play the guys, pay the guys that's here and contributing, especially with the season that they're having. You're still going to have some Pro Bowl guys on this team, and, you know, they don't have a winning record. But I was saying to myself yesterday, I told my son, I would not be surprised if this team goes on a good run the way they are playing, man. Nothing like momentum in in professional sports. No, you're right about that. Again, Mark McMillan is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Before DeMond hits you with the question, I did want to ask you, knowing that the, the, the record that the Raiders had going into uh, this last game against Seattle, I mean, they had only won three games. There's guys in the league, Mark, and I'm not calling out anybody, and I don't, I'm not calling out anybody in the Raiders locker room, but there's plenty of players across the league that would say, okay, let's just start planning our vacation. And it doesn't look like, not just Josh Jacobs, it doesn't look like anybody in that Raider locker room has done that. No, I, I, you know, early in the season, you kind of saw that. In New Orleans, you kind of saw guys maybe have packed it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would say the turning point, man, I know a lot of people made fun of Derek Carr crying uh, after that loss, uh, but – you know, that was kind of inspiring. And I know we, we were on uh, after that, uh, you know, that interview. And I said, man, for a man, you look yourself in the mirror and say, what can I do better? And I think those guys really took that to heart. Uh, when you're playing this game, man, the outside noise is going to be what it is. But when you're a grown man, you see another grown man cry because the passion that he has for, for winning and losing, that's contagious. And you, you see uh, week in and week out, the last couple of weeks, they were losing those games in the beginning of the season. These guys are winning in overtime, so there's no quit, there's no get up, no give up, and man, what can you say about Max Crosby? He took over the game in the second half. Yes, yes. 
Mark, something that I wanted to ask you, uh, it goes along the lines of what you just mentioned. We played a clip from Amir Abdullah yesterday in the locker room, and he says, hey, he, wished that, he wishes that everyone could see how hard Josh Jacobs prepares for the game in practice, in the film room, and all of those things so people could have a better appreciation for him. For guys in the locker room, when someone's having a, let's not say MVP because that's mainly a quarterback award, but an offensive MVP caliber year, a defensive player of the year caliber year, is that motivating you guys that you just mentioned a little bit to step up in that locker room because you see how hard the best players are working. Yeah, you know, like I said, I was blessed to play with some really good players, uh, you know, from Reggie White to a little brief with Jerome Brown. Uh, I always mention Eric Allen because he was a guy, when I came in as a rookie, uh, I had to play on his side. So I was getting way more balls than EA was. So I had to figure out how can I be a professional. And, you know, he taught me how to be a pro, how to work on and off the field. Uh, one of the hardest working players, uh, I, I probably would say, was, was Derek Thomas. You know, in Kansas City, uh, you know, I, this dude worked all the time, nonstop. You know, he had his lifestyle off the field, but when it came to working and training, uh, I remember him coming back to Alabama a lot during the offseason, uh, running like 10 miles a day, uh, in the locker room twice a day, like just nonstop training. Uh, but when you have that kind of mentality that Josh has, it's contagious to other players because you got to look at him and be like, man, I, why am I going home early? And, and this guy, you know, who's carrying our team is staying an extra hour just to watch that film. You know, I need to be better. I need to check myself. And I guarantee things are changing around that locker room and in that culture uh, after the last couple of performances that these guys have been putting on. You know, you mentioned uh, Max Crosby, and I wanted to get to him with you. And you're right. He's putting on a hell of a performance. And when the Raiders needed him the most, he came up money, right? What have you seen from Max Crosby? You mentioned Derek Thomas. I don't want to put him in the same category because I know how dominant DT was. But what do you see from what do you see from Max? And then, you know, compare him to other guys that you've seen that have been dominant players. Um, relentless. Um, you know, I, like I said, I play with some guys that, that had that same kind of motor uh, but, you know, the way the game is played right now, um, you know, with the size and speed, uh, you, you see he's, he's really good with his hands. Uh, and he's getting double-teamed and chipped almost every play. And if they don't double-team him, uh, you know, to Seattle, they made a dumb mistake. I don't know why they try to single him up. You know, that's <laughs> the mistake that they made. And he just, he just dominated the tackle. But, you know, the work ethic that this young man uh, puts in week in and week out, uh, even like you said, Q, out there in training camp, this guy was still out there fired up. You know, it's 115 degrees, and, you know, he's first in line. He's excited, uh, and it's contagious. And you see those guys picking that up, uh, you know, on the back end as well. He's helping out the secondary because the quarterback doesn't have a lot of time to throw the ball. So, uh, man, if I'm a cornerback, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Max out every weekend uh, to get something to eat after every game because he's definitely helping those guys out in the secondary. No, he is. He's doing a fantastic job. And, again, when the Raiders needed him the most, he came up big. And it's so funny, right before – uh, the one of his uh, his massive plays. I said, this is where Max Crosby. This is where you need your money guy to show up and be the money guy. And he got a sack on on Geno Smith on that exact play. Just a bull rush, you know that bull rush right to back to Geno. And the and the offensive lineman ended up in Geno's lap. I mean that that's incredible. But for guys, I mean those are difference makers, Mark. When guys can make a play when you need them the most, you know you have to have it. And he goes out and makes it happen. Yeah, and that's like I said, that's a credit to his offseason workout. Um, you know, as a player. You know, I think I tweeted that out. So that's a dream for a player to be in that situation, uh, knowing that people are counting on you to make the play. And when you come through and make that play, uh, you know, but all the hard work, you know, pays off. And, you know, he's put in the work. Uh, Josh Jacobs has put in the work. So 
I'm sure if you ask Josh Jacobs, he's not surprised with his performance. You know, this is what he's worked for. Yeah. You know, these are the moments that he, you know, he, he said, okay, you know, you don't want to give me the money. Somebody's going to pay me. But like you said, Q, somebody should go. Somebody should be at, at, his, at his agent's office right now and be like, hey, you know, we've yep. got some things that we're going to work out. We're going to re-sign Josh. We're going to continue to build around this young man. And we're going to move forward. And I'm sure the Raider fan base will be excited to have some good news like that. Let me ask you this. When it comes to a contract extension, because we know how the running back has been devalued, what do you think is reasonable for a contract extension for Josh Jacobs and what he's done, his body of work? Um, you you got to pay the man what he's worth. You know, I know a lot of uh, GMs since the Christian McCaffrey uh, deal in Carolina, you know, that kind of showed everybody like, wow, he's always hurt. Uh, but, you know, Josh Jacobs is a guy that didn't have to run the ball as much in college. Uh, he hasn't had to, you know, run the ball as much in his uh, NFL career either. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're using him more now. Um, he's so valuable to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you got to give this man what he's, what he's worth. Um, he's not just a one back. Right. Uh, you know, Tony, you know, he can block. He can yep. catch the ball out of the backfield. You see him making one-hand catches out of the backfield. Ooh, you know, come on now. You don't see that every day. You see receivers making those kind of catches. And yeah. when you get running back that can catch like that, and he wasn't known like that kind of back coming out of Alabama. He was just a guy that, you know, was playing behind guys and obviously coming on the scene, being all rookie, breaking Marcus Allen's records, uh, setting records week in and week out for this franchise. If I'm an owner, um, obviously people say, well, you're just biased because you went to Alabama. But his play is speaking for itself. And, yeah. you know, you can take it a little further. He's helping Devontae Adams out as well. So when you stack that box and bring that other safety in, you're leaving a corner out there on the island all by himself, and we see what happens when they have, when that yeah. happens. Yeah, and there's, it's usually good things happen for Devontae Adams and not for the corner that's left on that island. Again, Mark McMillan is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. Now, DeMond wants to take you to the Rebels, man. He wants to take you to UNLV real quick. Oh, man. I've got to ask, man, Mark, we all know that you helped out with the program with Coach Arroyo. You would come help out the, the kids a part of that team. So what were your initial yeah. thoughts about Coach Arroyo being let go today? Um, I was shocked, you know, um, obviously, you know, before the game, we knew if he loses this game in Nevada, you know, the, the, the writing will be kind of on the wall, but you win the cannon, um, you know, the, the program heading in a, in a good direction. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what people really expect. I know that the, 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 the AD said, Hey, we're going to go out and get somebody, you know, a, a home run hitter, but you got to pay some home run hitter money. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know it. You know, you, or he made 1.5. Maybe that'll get a, a coach to come in, but it's going to be a young worker snapper, uh, some offensive guru that they're going to bring in. But like I said, man, personally, uh, Coach Arroyo always invited me in. Um, I know a lot of the players on the team. I try to make it to all the games and support the program as much as I could. And, you know, it just hurts as a player. You know, I, I've been in that situation from flying from LAX to Alabama. Uh, you know, Coach Curry was fired by the time I got off the airplane. And I was like, he just won the SEC title. But they were like, he lost to Auburn every year. And, you know, it, it's a tough business, man. So for the players, it's got to be devastating with the new recruits that were coming in that he was getting. Uh, the team played well. They played hard. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a tough break, man. I hate to see anybody lose a job. Yeah. But like I said, man, it's a business. And, uh, you know, he'll land somewhere, trust me, because uh, he can call some plays. Uh, you know, you say that it's a business, and we all get that. But when it comes to the product on the field, I know it's not the best season, the outcome that UNLV could have had after the hot start. But do you think it was a successful season for UNLV standards? 
off a UNLV standard for what they've been through. No scandals, uh, no off-the-field issues, uh, players graduating, the GPA uh, is up high. Um, if we're preaching student-athlete, you know, I think he, he, he passed the test on that. Yep. Um, you know, he had a lot of injuries to some players, some key players early in the season. Uh, the energy was there. You can see by the kids tweeting on social media the reaction to that. Um, a lot of kids are, are hurting right now, and, yeah. you know, we can't forget that these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that he were, you know, that he had a, a, a part in their life, you know, the last three years. And, you know, it's going to be tough for those kids. You're going to bring in a new coach. Uh, who knows who's going to come in? I know, you know, I was talking to Jim Moore a couple of years ago, and look what he did to the UConn program. They're right. going bowling, mm-hmm. and, you know, but, you know, everybody's like, no. Nah. But I was like, okay, well, we're going to see who they're going to get. You know, I see the offensive coordinator. Uh, from I think it was South Carolina. He's gone to Nebraska. Uh, the U- ASU just hired a young coach who was a high school coach when I was coaching high school football in Arizona. So now he's the head coach <laughs> at ASU. So it, it's a lot of things that that's moving. So hopefully they can bring a guy in that uh, you know that can continue to build on what they have. Uh, I don't know too many college teams playing in a billion dollar stadium. Uh, you know, so that's that's a big draw. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is, and I think Coach Royal did have them going in the right direction. Got his guys in. A lot of his uh, his his finally was able to get the players that he you know thought were what Rebels should look like, and was able to get some guys in the transfer portal as well. So it should be interesting, man. Uh, but you're right; it's a business, and that's exactly what it is. At the end of the day, if business isn't the way that they want it to be, business will be changing, and it's just it's just yeah. that simple. <laughs> it's it's that simple. Well, uh, before we let you go, Mark, I saw your tweet where uh, where you saw that or you said that uh, you. You had a steak ready for uh, Josh Jacobs. What kind of steak would you prepare for Josh Jacobs? Man, I, you might have to give him a tomahawk. You know, you, you got to <laughs> let him in. You got to get the tomahawk. Just let him sit down and just let him eat. You know, don't ask him for anything. Just make sure you got plenty of, you know, a, a nice glass of iced tea, maybe some sweet tea, some little sauteed green beans and some garlic mash with potatoes on the side. But you just let Josh just eat the tomahawk steak and just let him enjoy the fruits of his loins, man, because this young man is putting up ridiculous numbers. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the game, man, and I, I know we cover it, uh, you know, every week, on every Sunday on Raiders Free Game Live. But, you know, uh, you know, we talk about Josh and we talk about Max all the time. But, you know, we got to give Josh his due, too, man. Uh, yeah. This guy's putting up big-time numbers. And uh, I don't know why his name is not in the MVP race. Like, uh, you know, Mari said, it's, uh, it's a quarterback race. It's a quarterback, uh, you know, deals like the Heisman. There's going to be a quarterback that's going to win the Heisman. But, man, the body of work that this young man is putting in, uh, Yeah, it's hard to argue. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to argue what he's putting up. Well, what's what's the next adventures for Grilla McMillan? What do you got wor- you're working on now? Oh, man, I just launched my uh, uh, Grilla McMillan infused olive oils. I have six flavors uh, that I just launched last week, so that will be going out. Uh, in Ace Hardware stores uh, in Arizona. I just had a, a barbecue store here in uh, Vegas that wants to carry my spice line and my olive oil. So things are picking up, man. I'm excited for, for the new adventures off the field. I know people see me doing, you know, I'm at hockey games. You know, yeah. I need to get out to Rebel games. I need to get out and support the men and the women's basketball Rebel team as well. Yep. Uh, shout out to young men as well. They're doing a good job over there with that program. I'll tell you what, man. I think every week we talk to you, you've launched something new. Every week is something new is launching. <laughs> I need to be like you. I need to get on your level, man. I need to launch hey, something new man. every week. Hey, my, my mom always taught me, man, if you don't work, you don't eat. 
<laughs> That's right. Hey, and if you ain't working, someone else is, right? <laughs> you're right. You're right. So I, one thing I always say to myself, man, you know, even playing in the league, you know, being undersized, uh, I always told guys, you're not going to outwork me. Uh, you may be bigger, stronger, taller, but you are not going to outwork me. So 60 minutes, I'm going to give you H-E-double-L. There you go. Minutes. Yes. Yeah, hey, man, that's music to my ears right there. I live by that same motto. Mark, thanks so much for your time, brother. Continue to success on everything you're doing. I know you're on uh, Channel 8, uh, breaking down the Raiders as well. Uh, you're just fantastic, man. We appreciate you. I appreciate you too, man. You guys keep up the good work, man. And uh, like I said, uh, hats off to the uh, UNLV men's and basketball, uh, women's basketball program. Yep. They're doing really good. and. Once again, shout out to my man Josh Jacobs. Get that man a tomahawk steak. <laughs> Somebody needs to get him in a car dealership. Get him whatever he wants. There you go. I agree 100%. There he goes. Mark McMillan shouting out his uh, Alabama brother right there, Josh Jacobs, and uh, good stuff right there. And just wanted to take you inside a locker room when you see a guy having a, a season like Josh is, what that means to the rest of the players around that young man in the locker room. 3.20 is the time. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. Tonight is going to be the Colts and the Steelers. We've got a bunch of prizes here on the table, including T-shirts. We have cups and koozies we've got tickets we've got calendars if you need your 2023 calendar i got a 2023 hooters calendar for you i'm just saying for planning purposes only if you want to plan out your next year you can come get a hooters calendar and you can have everything you need to get that year planned out the right way so uh, here we are come on by hang out the underground lounge inside the oyo hotel and casino we do it every monday night with raider nation radio 920 Toss play, Jacobs gets a block from Johnson at the 30. Cuts back inside, stiff arm, 25-20. Jacobs off to the races, five, touchdown Raiders. Hands off to Jacobs, stutters to the right, burst through the hole, 20, 25-30. He's off to the races here in Seattle. Nobody's going to catch him. 25-20, 10, ball game. Bye-bye, Josh. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he's like a, I've I don't know I'm running out of superlatives. Um, he's a football player. I mean, that's probably the greatest compliment I could give him. And now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. You hear Josh McDaniels talking about Josh Jacobs. You hear the call from Jason Horowitz right there. Josh Jacobs doing Josh Jacobs type things on Sunday for Seattle. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. I know we haven't had a lot of time for a bunch of calls, but we got them on the back end of the show. We'll definitely get plenty of calls and text in. I want to hear from you. want to know the game balls you want to give out, and do you think that the Raiders are starting to turn the corner, starting to figure things out? Let's talk to our good friend Raider Mike. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Q. My boy Q. Yes, sir. I mean – I'm on my way to Thanksgiving dinner. I turn on national ESPN. And who's there? Me. <laughs> you. That blew my mind, bro. That made my Thanksgiving so strong. It was just so cool to hear you just chilling out there. Just <laughs> bringing it. And then my Raiders. I grew up in Oakland, but also in Portland. I'm the only Raider fan in, in the Northwest, probably, at that point. I used to go to every Seattle game. I used to get escorted by police to my car out of the Seattle game. That place is rowdy. They hate the Raiders. They were in our division so long. So long. I don't know, even, I don't know when it flipped. I think it was in the mid-'90s. 
It don't matter. Game ball, that's obvious. Yeah. It's JJ. That was stupid what he did. Just stupid. That <laughs> man is running violent. Yep. He's out there to kill you. He's out there to feed his eight kids. He's the Sean Kemp of the NFL. You know, this guy, he's possessed, and he's pure Raider. If you don't pay him, you are the stupidest franchise in history, at least franchise ass. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm just proud now. It's too little, too late, probably. We are on a run, though. The run has begun. We were six and seven last year, and then rolled off four straight to get in the playoffs. Now we're going to do it this weird way, where we're four and seven and run six off straight, or eight? Would it be? Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, you, you never know. I mean, I didn't think that they could roll off four in a row last season, and they did it. So, you know, as we had someone call in last week and say, hey, if Philadelphia can start the season 7-0, 8-0, why can't the Raiders win eight in a row? And, look, I, I want to take it week by week, game by game, but you keep stacking wins and stacking wins and stacking wins, and anything is possible. Let's get one more quick call in. Shields up. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? How's it going, Q? Chilling, man. Listen up. Of course – Josh Jacobs gets the game ball. Right. And you did those highlights with Horowitz, I think, in the uh, commercial break. And the one run that stands out in my mind is when he did make that cutback. And he stiff-armed a 6'4", 330-pound Al Woods. Yes. The one technique. I'm an LSU fan. Yeah. And I saw Al Woods play in college. The man was ripping it up at the beginning of the game. If you noticed. Yeah. And to me, that was the run of the game for him because that just shows you the dedication, the loyalty, everything wrapped up in one. And the close, I just want to see, I know our creed is just win, baby, right? Can I just be so bold to add just believe, baby? There you go. How if we believe? I believe now in the special teams. I believe in the offensive line. I believe there's better communication between the coaching staff and the players and the captains. I believe that there is light at the end of the dark tunnel. And I believe that those previous losses has made us stronger. And in saying that, I just want to close what I always say. Shields up, and thank you for taking my call. Let's go. There he goes. Great call from Shields Up right there. I believe that's a good th- uh, theme, man. That could be a theme for a whole show. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Appreciate the call as always, my man. Joining us on the phone lines now from Spotrack.com is our good friend Michael Giannini. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. And uh, I love the fact that we could have you on to talk about some contracts, and especially Josh Jacobs with what he's been able to do this season after getting his fifth-year option declined. I, wanted to, I have so many questions for you, but off top – just for a running back, and there's plenty of running backs that are going to be free agents this offseason, what do you think a reasonable contract for a top-tier running back is going to look like? Yeah, it's a, it's a test-case scenario, right? You're going to have tiers, unfortunately. And honestly, that's good news for running backs. Usually it's quarterbacks and wide receivers are putting in a tier. So it's kind of a, a, a good coming day here for the running back position, which has been deflated for a bunch of years now. You're going to put your Barclays, 
and I think Jacobs is getting there in this new conversation, right? So can we get them up to $16 million, which is the current bar? I think we're going to get there. The salary cap is going to help this cause quite a bit. I think it's going to jump up to $220 million, which is significant. Whenever we see things like that happen, everybody eats a little bit more. So if I tell you Barkley is going to get McCaffrey's contract, then Jacobs is going to come in right around there. So mathematically, if he's a $12 million running back right now, he might be a $15 million running back when this thing is all said and done. And I do think there's at least one team out there that will do that. You know, and one of the suggestions I had earlier in the show when we were talking about this is that I think that GM Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, the assistant, should get on this now and start the negotiations or at least start conversating during the season while he's still on a contract. He could turn it down, of course, but I just think it would be smart business to try to do that now and get things taken care of even before he hits free agency. What are, what are your thoughts on if they were to try to go that route? Well, you framed that the right way, they. They've already declined his option, so he's already got a bad taste in his mouth with this organization, and he's running like he knows it, too. He's going to turn it down. There's no question about it. His agent has told him, don't even pick up the phone. But the Raiders absolutely have to start doing business right now, putting together the offers, and obviously taking up you know, backup plans if, if and when he says no. Um, look, the franchise tag's not out of the question here, so they've got that in their back pocket. But before they get there, they absolutely should be putting out multi-year option uh, offers to him at this point in time. That's what I think. I think it would make sense to at least get that conversation started. Again, Michael Janini is our guest from Spotrack.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You mentioned the franchise tag, and I remember we talked uh, earlier this season. I thought there was no way they'd do that. Now, like you said, I don't think there's any way that they don't use a franchise tag. I even think there's a chance they might use the exclusive tag. Is that a possibility? No chance on the exclusive. Okay. There's just too many available running backs to replace him with right now. One might okay. be on the roster already. Uh, but I think no question that the $12, $12.5 million tag, which is what it currently projects to, is coming for Josh Jacobs, which is exactly where we have him calculated anyway. So you want to do it for four years, you want to do it for one year. I think either way, that's going to be the number that we talk about with Jacobs and the Raiders. You always do a great job looking at contracts and, and saying, okay, this team could uh, create this much cap space by a bunch of different restructures. When you look at the current Raiders roster and some of the higher-end contracts that they have, how much money do you think that they realistically could create? Oh, any team can move around about 40 to $50 million in, in any given offseason. Some teams have to go much more than that just because of the way they do business. The Raiders have done a pretty good job of restricting their restructures. So if, if a given, any given season they have to go you know, hog wild with that, they can. And obviously with four brand-new gigantic contracts last offseason, they're going to have some ability to do that. Uh, you know, it's more so about who actually stays on this roster, I think, right now than, than who gets restructured. But you know, pretty easily I can get myself to $50 million just with those three or four big contracts at the top of the list here. You know, I was looking at Chandler Jones' deal, and, and he's obviously underperformed what they, they gave him free agent-wise. But it looks like, and I don't know how to get out of these and that what, you know, what the structure is, but looking at his base salary, it looks really high. You think he's a candidate for a, a big-time restructure this offseason? It depends on if they want to keep him around for two more years, right? Because that's the, that's the game you play. If you feel comfortable with the player's contract two years from now, then you have no problem restructuring the next year. But if they think that, you know, 2024 might be an out for him, and that's currently how we see that contract right now, then they're going to leave this thing alone or, or, or lightly restructure it just to free up a little bit of cap space. Look, that $20 million hit that, that he's got next year is going to hurt, but I yeah. think they're, they're going to find other ways to free things up because you're right. He's just not putting it out right now. Talking right now with Michael Janitti, Spotrack.com, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. When it comes to the um, contract structure for most of the top running backs in the league, is there certain, a sort of a trend where maybe they get more as a signing bonus as opposed to the actual guaranteed money? 
Yeah, it, it's team by team. These are some of the trends we actually follow. So, you know, it depends on kind of who you're looking at right now. If you look at Delvin Cook's situation, that's kind of where I, where I have Josh Jacobs going here, which is a more traditional style. Big signing bonus, you know, decent first-year salary, and, and a little bit guaranteed in the second year. You're not going to find a running back, uh, and I'm not even sure Barkley gets there. That's going to have three years guaranteed up front. That's just not going to happen at that position anymore. But if you can get two years guaranteed on a new contract, you've done something very, very well with your rookie situation. So that's really what you're looking for. High signing bonus, a couple of years guaranteed, and that's, a, that's really where we're going here. And with the talk of void years, I know that that's been a big trend recently in the NFL. Well, from the fan perspective of people saying, hey, running backs, the tires, are, the tread on the tires and all of that, wouldn't it still make sense if you could at least get two good years to make the deal happen while you can? No question. Look, Derrick Henry's doing it, so everybody's going to have to start doing it now. He's going to continue to do four-year contracts that are actually two-year guarantees, and uh, until he actually wears out, he'll continue to sign that. I think he signs another one this offseason in Tennessee, and that is really how we're going here. The, the days of Zeke Elliott's contracts for this position are just done. Right. Um, so, like I said, you're getting a two-year guarantee on a, on a new contract. You're going to have to live with that, and maybe you see that third year, but most likely you're ripping it up and starting over at that point. Michael Giannini, Spotrack.com is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Necessary Roughness. We're talking all things contract and salary cap. How does things change? I mean, I know Josh Jacobs' rookie year made the Pro Bowl, and so I know that that helped his incentives. I know that it helped his, uh, you know, his contract raise and get him some more money. He's going to make the Pro Bowl this year, obviously. What if he wins the, the rushing? What if he leads the league in rushing and ends up being that guy? How much more does that contract go up? See, if, they, if he had the fifth-year option, it would have gone up, Hugh. But, okay. but the fact that they declined that gets him out of that situation. So he's at the mercy of whatever somebody offers him at this point. It won't mm. change the franchise tag value. It won't change anything uh, you know, permanently for him. He's just going to have to go out there and negotiate himself a better contract, which at this point in time, um, he's doing a heck of a job of doing <laughs> Yeah, he really is. And like you said, somebody, if it's not the Raiders, somebody's going to pay him. Uh, they got a couple guys that they drafted, obviously. They brought in some free agent guys. I, I just think, you know, for the culture of the locker room and the player he is, it would make sense for them to get him. But, I mean, there's got to be some kind of, uh, you know, allowance that Dave Ziegler has for, okay, this is what we're going to offer for the running back position. And I'm sure that they're going to stick by it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I mentioned a couple of names already, and I threw Derrick Henry's name out there. There's a lot to that. Uh, Josh Jacobs is catching the ball a heck of a lot more than Derrick Henry ever will in his career. But if you start looking at what Henry did with that four-year contract, and then, like I said, he's going to rip it up and restructure it again this year, that's probably a pretty good path for Jacobs to go down. So if we cap it just $12 million a year, we're talking almost 13 a year. If I tell you he's a $15 million running back, somewhere in that ballpark, two for 30, two for 40, or excuse me, two for 35, that's probably about right in terms of the guarantees. And I'm not, if I'm the Raiders, I'm not going north of that because you're right. This guy has shown he can do it in this team, and there's something to that. But, again, you know, there are 12 other running backs available that are, that are legitimate RB1 uh, you know, runners out there. So you just can't break the bank, especially with the roster situation you have right now. And I know you told us what you're estimating the, the salary cap to be. What was it again? Yeah, we're, we're showing 218, but I'm hearing 220, at least 220. It could okay. be 225 if, uh, if things really break right with that TV money. <laughs> right. But uh, I think they'll keep it around the 220 mark. If it's around there, I mean, and still, that's not going to really change the game as far as, like, how much you could pay a guy, but it, it just it will obviously give more wiggle room. Uh, final thing, uh, in New England, and that's all we really have to go off of what, you know, they kind of do, they do a ton of uh, restructuring and get down to the salary cap, like the bare bones of it. It feels like almost each and every year. Uh, is that something that you expect Dave Ziegler to probably start doing a little bit here with the Raiders? 
Yeah, there's some gamesmanship, isn't there? They always feel like they have no cap space, and then whenever they need the cap space, they find it. Yep. I, I don't know that they'll go this route. They really haven't earned that kind, of, right. that kind of gamesmanship in terms of the negotiating style. Every team tries to do it, but they threw around so much money last year, last offseason. They're going to have to play ball a little bit here to keep some of these guys intact. And, and by the way, it probably means that one of those players is out the door here in order to free up that cap. Yeah, no doubt. It should be interesting to see how everything shakes out. Well, Michael, fantastic stuff as always. What do you got coming out on Spotrack.com that we need to be on the lookout for? Oh, I did a 15,000-piece uh, episode on Aaron Rodgers and his financial future, which, by the way, could be, uh, could be Raiders-centric here in the next couple of months. So uh, that's something to check out for sure. There you go. That's what we call the business as a tease. I like it. Michael, you're doing fantastic work. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you as always. Uh, you too, man. All right, there he goes. Michael Giannitti, Spotrack.com, on Twitter at Spotrack. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Could be Raiders-centric is what he says. Uh, DeMond, again, that's what you call a tease in this business. That's why you're the best in the business. I didn't give the tease. He gave the tease. You set him up for the tease. I didn't realize I was setting him up until I set him up. But there you go. It is what it is. But many thanks to Michael. Uh, great insight there on the on salary cap, what he thinks that the Raiders could do. Uh, franchise tag in play. He doesn't think the exclusive franchise tag is anywhere close to being in play, which is good to know as well. That obviously is a big-time escalator on the salary cap and uh, how much Josh Jacobs would make. So there you go. Uh, if you want to know a little contract and salary, always check out Spotrack.com. 341 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We still have plenty of prizes for you to come and take. Uh, they're yours. You don't have to do anything. No cartwheels, no jumping through hoops, nothing. All you got to do is come by, pick up whatever you want. We got you. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Sometimes I do a show, and then sometimes I do a show off air. And I've been doing a show off air, and I actually enjoyed the show off air. And then Damon is telling me I got to come back on air. That's un- that's not cool, Damon. You get a little bit of time off, and see how you come back. You come back, Henri. You tell me what to do. We were talking Kirby vacuums. We were talking Waco, Texas. We were talking Woodway, Midway, this way, that away. We were talking all that good stuff, man. Y'all hear that? That was the that was the show that was just no, riveting. Was. He was it talking was. about vacuums. I was. Kirby vacuums are fantastic. I can sell you one right now. That was one of my best jobs I ever had. And From listening to one- you talk about those prices, I can't afford one. Well, nobody could afford one, but you can. Right? You can always afford. That's the good thing about salespeople. They can let you and realize that you can afford anything you want if you really want to. It's like the Raiders with Josh Jacobs. They can afford them if they want to. It's just sales. You know, well, we can't do this because of the salary cap. Ah, BS. There's enough under your mattress to go ahead and get what you need. I mean, it's serious. It's just simple sales. Anyone who's ever done sales knows it. All you got to do is make the numbers look the way you want it to look. You just dance them up, man. And if I'm going to give you $200 for your broken vacuum, then you feel like I just hooked you up with a good deal. So now it's going to cost $2,000 for you to take my vacuum, but I'll hook you up with a deal. I'll give you my discount, my cut. I'm just saying. You can always make it look good. <laughs> All right, you're sold, man. Ziggler, if you're listening, <laughs> bring Q in for the negotiations. Ziggler's like, I don't know if he can negotiate Jacob's contract, but, hell, I might need a vacuum from him. I still have my plug. <laughs> I still got the plug, man. I, I know the guys to call. I know the right guys to call to get that Kirby. I can get that done for you. <laughs> I don't think they ever fired me. I don't think they did. I don't think you ever get fired when you're selling Kirby's. 
It's just like you just you kind of fade out. You just it's like it's like a it's like a free agent who doesn't get picked up anymore, right? It's just like eh, it's cool. <laughs> so you're Adrian Peterson. You're still waiting on the call. Yeah, I'm still waiting. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready if needed. <laughs> uh, Q, we need some uh, we need some Kirby sales. All right, I'm your guy. I'll do it three days a week. But if, honestly, and I promise I won't keep going on about Kirby's. If you sell enough early in the week, you could take the rest of the week off. Because I'm telling you, commission's like two hundred something bucks a, a Kirby. So I sold two in one house one day, and I was like, I'm taking the rest of the week off. I'm straight, right? And they were full pops, too? Oh, man, I'm good. So, anyway. All right, enough of that. <laughs> Tomorrow's like, thank you. We are at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is the kind of fun we have on and off the air. We watch TV. We have food and drink specials. We talk about vacuums. We talk about Waco. We do whatever we got to do, man. This is how we get down. So, come on out and hang out. We do appreciate Michael Giannetti from Spotrack.com who joined us in the last segment. I do want you to get to and hear some Foster Morrow sound from the Raider locker room following the game. I did want to hit a couple text messages before we get to it, though. <laughs> Zeke in Bakersfield said Q was like the, uh, a quarterback on that tease. All he did was hand it off for a house call, but he'll take the credit. LOL. That's right. Mailman Raider said, Q, last week I made a comment saying Jacobs could trade calves with me, that mailman have strong calves. Man, my calves ain't that strong. If someone told me that this guy had 303 yards, I'd say, oh, what quarterback threw for that? We need to pay that man like yesterday. That's the thing. He had more yards from scrimmage than quarterbacks. Had. Well, then Derek Carr had. And that's not a slight to Derek Carr, but Derek Carr threw for less than 300 yards. Jacobs went over 300 yards. We got a text from the 707, so I think Jacobs had his motor installed at the same shop that Crosby did. Maybe Perriman went, went in there too. And that's a good point. I want to give Denzel Perriman a lot of credit for what he did on Sunday when we got to talk to him on Thanksgiving in the Raiders locker room. He was going through it. He lost his grandfather on Thanksgiving when he was in high school. So every Thanksgiving for Denzel Perriman means a little bit more. It's a, it's a little bit, you know, it, it's a little emotional for him. And he was having an emotional day that day. And uh, he, he let us know that, he, you know, what happened. And, you know, he doesn't really talk about it a whole lot, but. For Denzel Perryman to go out and have the game that he did on Sunday, come up with a big interception, and not only that, but fly around the ball like he did, I thought that was awesome. So I, I know that you can't give a game ball to everybody, but I think Denzel Perryman definitely earned a game ball. So that's that's you know one of those one of those I'm asking outside of Josh Jacobs, which is the obvious. Who else would you uh, give a game ball to? And also. Do you think that the team is starting to turn the corner? Have they started to figure things out? So 702-365-9200, that is the, the call line. And 69187, keyword r that is the text line as well. So you can keep hitting us up. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into some Foster Morrow conversation. Vinny Bonsignor caught up with him inside the Raiders locker room. He had that touchdown catch that uh, tied the game late in the game. But he also had a couple big drops, one that led to Derek Carr's interception and one that led to the Raiders having to punt and really made a lot of folks angry. Right? I was watching the game, and, man, a lot of people were angry at Foster, but he came back with that big catch late in the game. So here's Foster Morrow in the Raiders locker room with Vinny Bonsignor. Probably like 70 plays in football, so you're going to have opportunities to make good plays. There's going to be some disappointments. The fact that you hung in there um, and were able to make that play on the touchdown, were you kind of – did you hang your head at all after the, after the drop on third down at all? Say what you mean. I know, man, I know. It's on tape. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> right? Right. No, i got to get my head around. and uh, You know, it's it's hard. This has been a process for me learning how to – how to handle plays like that, right? Um, because oftentimes I get to play off of Darren, and you know, there's obviously not much, I mean, you don't get much, um, you know, there's not much adversity when doing that, right? Like I'll come in, block my butt off, and, and do that, right? Um, just 
continuing to try to learn how to be the best player I can without the ball in my hands, right? And making opportunities when four gives me a chance. And, I mean, it seems like every chance it gives me hits right off my chest. You know, the guy's a great player. Um, but it's hard, and there's a lesson in adversity. And we just got to keep growing, and I obviously got to get on the damn judge machine. Not a, not a lot of not a lot of room to work in in the corner of that end zone. Um, what are you thinking when you see the ball up in the air and are just? I saw Derek rolling out. And, I mean, Devontae was telling us in the huddle, he was just kind of laying it out for us what was going to happen. And he was absolutely right. So you just kind of got to keep running out the break. And um, I feel really, I mean, really bad. I, I took out a reporter over there. Felt real bad. I, I didn't have much time to go check on him. Um, I hope he's doing well. You know, guys are coming together. Guys are coming together, and it's and it's still hard. Um, and we try to follow you a, follow a formula, right? Of no turnovers, no penalties, no negative plays, right? Stay on track, get us to third manageable, and a lot of that's been difficult for the past couple of weeks. But just overcoming adversity has been um, a big point of something that we've had to do. Right? Six games before last Sunday, right? we, I mean, we couldn't get it done. We had a chance on the last drive, and it's uh, it's hard. And winning in this league is hard, right? But that doesn't mean you just crawl into a corner and quit and lose, right? You have to come back to work and. Everyone's got jobs to do. You guys have jobs to do. We have jobs to do. And if we're not doing our jobs, we obviously got to come in and work harder and get better. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're just we're just enjoying it, right? We're enjoying it and we're enjoying each other and we're, we're coming in and we have great energy and you know the captains lead that and it's uh it's fun. You know, we come to the, we come to the building. Guys are getting in even earlier, staying even later. Um, it's a good place to be. Foster Morrow right there in the Raiders locker room following the game. And, again, he had the big touchdown catch to help tie the game late. And then they get into overtime, and Josh Jacobs does all that he has to do. So many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor. I thought that was some really good stuff from Foster. Being very honest about, hey, i got to get on the damn jugs machine. Too many times I'm letting the ball hit me in the chest, and it's dropping. You can't have that. I mean, you, you just can't. That, that cannot happen. I hate it when the ball hits these guys in their chest because nine times out of ten, it hits the ground. So, uh, Foster, good stuff in the Raiders locker room. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's talk to our guy Vince in Las Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Vince? Vin, uh, Q, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm blessed, man. How are you? I'm good. Um, going back to what you said, uh, the Jacobs thing, as far as we pay, us paying him, he resigning, I think it's going to matter up to him wanting to be uh, a Raider or not. Like, But when that money's calling, that money's going to call. So I think we have to just get the best out of him this season you know let's be realistic here but who knows man mark davis he's that he's been spending a lot of money maybe he's not he's uh not all down for you know spending a little bit more money to secure that guy but as far as you saying um are we going on a run i say we pump our brakes a bit because i think time and time again i know we're all big Raider fans and we get excited and we see a couple wins and, and you think we're going on this run i think uh if you really look at the history and at the pattern Every time where the Raiders are supposed to take care of business, they always feel I'm not saying they're going to do that this next Sunday, but I just want to tell all Raider Nation, like, look, let's just pump the brakes a bit. Yeah, it's good, but um, this will be the test. I think if they beat the Chargers, then they'll go on the run. Then okay, you, I, I, I'm just asking, do you think that they're starting to figure things out? Do you think, you know what I mean? Do you think they're starting to turn the corner as far as understanding what they're supposed to be doing? Oh, 100%. The tape, the tape proves it, 100%. But, okay. uh but we're still straight, like, I know how we're, like, good in overtime, but we have to learn how to put the game away. I didn't, yeah. To be honest, Agreed. I didn't like how McDaniels handled the situation. I wanted us to go down 
I didn't like him, like, just giving up. Oh, we'll take it to OT. We'll take it, leave it up to a coin toss. I didn't like that. I wanted us to – we had two timeouts. So, yeah, we had, like, two timeouts left. Let's try to go down this field, put trust in quarterback, and let's, you know, let's try to get a game-winning field goal. I got you. I got you. And I, yeah, that's that's one of the areas, and thank you for the call. That's one of the areas that people have been discussing about, you know, some of the, the coaching decisions that were done in the game. And Coach McDaniels earlier today even said that, hey, there's there's areas that I have to continue to improve on. I think that that's fine. If As long as you know that there's areas that, that you can improve on and cl- calls you can make better, like the fourth and inches call, should have been a quarterback sneak. I think that everybody who knows should have been that, but he had a couple different play calls that he mentioned, and – well, he went with one that had been working all day, so I get why he'd go for it, but that wasn't the call on that one. But thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's hustle back out to the phone lines and talk to Hardcore Raider. What's on your mind, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Q? First of all, I just want to thank you for uh, working for us, you know, for Raider Nation, getting us some content on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, that was awesome that you were willing to make that sacrifice for Raider Nation. And then, uh, you know, I really just want to talk about Josh Jacobs some more, you know. I mean, uh, we talked about, you know, last week, like, is he rated with the top of, you know, the other running backs in the league? And yeah. I think he straight up proved it the, yep. this weekend, you know. I mean, I looked up the total yards from any running back, uh, and he's ranked 17 on the all-time list right now, you know, for as far as most uh, r- rushing and receiving yards in a game. And, I mean, you you got him up, up there with, like, guys like O.J. Simpson, Walter Payton, uh, you know, uh, I think even ahead of, like, Emmett Smith, um, Barry Sanders, you know, I mean, uh, guys like Jim Brown. I mean, you know, to say that for us to think that this guy is just like, I hate that saying how people say like, oh, it's running back by committee. Right. That is not a running back by committee because none of those guys that I mentioned are just another dude. You know, right. those guys are, are like the dude. And so, you know, I really hope we sign them. But, uh, you know, more than anything, you know, I just want to thank Cleo Mack, dude. Thank you for uh the trade because uh, without him we don't have josh jacobs i know you were kind of you know giving a different angle on it that maybe he would have fell fell to us and that's possible but maybe not nevertheless i mean right. i love the fact that we have josh jacobs i think he wants to be a raider people saying like you know players get play paid and then they don't produce well look at max crosby you know uh look at josh jacobs and his history of how he grew up that guy grew grew up from like having nothing so if that guy has something, like, he's going to keep grinding, dude. That's just the way that guys like them are wired, you know, versus other guys that just take, take their foot off the gas and stuff. And, you know, as much crap as we've given John Gruden, you know, for, you know, some uh, bad draft picks, and rightfully so, how about we give uh, Chucky some credit, you know, because Josh Jacobs is another dude that's just, like, a generational talent, and they aren't growing on trees. So much respect. Keep up the great work. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, man, Josh Jacobs being a Raider is big time. I think he needs to be a, a, a Raider long term. And, you know, Josh McDaniels even said so last week that, uh, you know, he, he always has running back by committee, and Josh Jacobs made him change his philosophy. Tells you a lot when a player can make a head coach change the philosophy that they have already instilled in, in who they are. 358 is the time. When we come back, we'll get to Eddie in L.A., plus we'll hear some, head, some sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels. That's all coming up in hour number three of Red Nation Radio 920.